What's up, everybody? So, welcome back, giddies and giddettes. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the preterite and the imperfect, and how the preterite goes all picky pants sometimes with its verb use, and, and you're going to want to um, translate it with different verbs, and we're gonna tell you why you don't even need to. All right, so back in just a second. <clears throat> All right, so um, as we preluded to just a second ago, in Spanish, you've got the preterite and the imperfect. And the way that you're going to learn about these in school and in textbooks is that one is a continuous action in the past or a repeated action, that being the imperfect. And the preterite is something that's punctuated. So it has a start and a finish and it's done, okay? And this, this is right. You should, you should hold on to that little nugget of wisdom because it's a good way of thinking about the two different times or tenses. But it often leads to, Mike, I see your hand up. I'll talk to you in a second. Um, it also, or often leads to translation mix-ups and a little, and like confusions and hesitance to use some of them. Like we were saying earlier, me and Mike pretty much never use kise. And then after we kind of unpacked it, we realized what kise means when you think about it logically. And now it's a much more accessible verb in our diction, right? Like I, I will reach to kise, which is the preterite of querer, much more often now because I see it through like a, a, a logical lens. How about to illustrate it with a quick example using a verb both in the preterite and the imperfect. So let's pick comer. Um, so in the imperfect, that's going to be the continuous action, right? So yo comía mucha carne cuando tenía 20 años, right? O cuando era más joven. So I used to eat a lot of meat when I was younger. Um, I'm not telling you that it's finished. I'm not necessarily saying when it started. It's just, I definitely ate this chronically or over time often. And then if I say, yo comí carne en un restaurante o en una fiesta de cumpleaños de mi amigo, this is a precise time when I ate the meat and the action has met its conclusion, right? And it has no lingering really effect on right now. It's just, it happened and it's done. So the issue arises with verbs in English that after I thought about it, I realized are a bit... They're like weak verbs in English. Things like to be able to. If I said, I could help you in the past, you don't know if I did or if I tried, right? But if you say it in Spanish, then using preterite or imperfect, more information is granted to the listener. So that's what we're gonna get down to in the nitty gritty. Uh, we've got, if you go online and you look at these verb change in the preterite, you'll find that there's a handful. Verbs like querer, conocer, saber, poder. Others will say tener and estar. And they claim that they change meaning in the preterite. But I would argue that they actually retain their meaning and you just have to see it through the lens of Spanish and what those different tenses truly imply. Preterite versus imperfect. So I like the way... Man. I was gonna say I like the way that you said that a lot. Uh, is that the fact 
we as English speakers translate them differently, but a Spanish speaker isn't. If you talk to them about the differences between the imperfect and the preterite like this, they're probably not going to know exactly what you're talking about with these specific problematic verbs. They're going to be like, that's just the difference between the preterite and the imperfect always. Uh, it's only English speakers that translate them with different verbs for the preterite versus the imperfect. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. All right, so that being said, what we would like to do is address the four problem verbs being querer, conocer, saber, and poder. And do you want to give it a rattle, or should I? Oh, uh, well, can you start with poder? Because you kind of already hit that one. You already said the, to be able to at the beginning, so you want to just roll with that one? Sure thing. Okay, so for instance, if I say, um, yo no podía llevar a la chica, all right? That means that I couldn't carry her. Now I could also say, yo no pude llevar a la chica. And that means I couldn't carry her. That's what I was talking about earlier, where English fails in its uh, verb conjugation in the past to tell us what could really means. And here, if I said podía, then it's, it's just a thought. Like, I could, in the past, carry her, but no action was realized, okay? So I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. didn't. And if I wanted to tell the listener that I did carry her, then I would say, la pude llevar. I could, and I did it. All right, so this, like, pretty much the way that you want to think about this is when using the preterite, the focus is on the realized action. And this is why we tend to translate funny. So, Mike, what's up? Well, that's what I was going to say. So, you could totally say, I couldn't carry her, or I couldn't carry her for both no podía and no pude. But you could also translate the no pude as, like, I failed to. Like, that is showing that you attempted to and that you actually failed. So, you could use, if you wanted to in English, a slightly more specific verb to translate that and say, like, I failed at the attempt of carrying her. Or that's what it's trying to indicate, even though in Spanish they're like, this is the same word, this is totally the same concept. We like one is showing the lack of ability and one is showing the actual failed attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would say like I was unable to carry her. Like I was physically incapable of doing mm. it. Um, and then just to really drive home that when you use the imperfect, a lot of times, this is more, I need to be careful about how I state this, but it's like, it's more mental, it's more of a thought. And we'll talk about that with querer coming up. But so if I say, um, si, pues yo podía llevarla, it would mean like, in that time when I thought about it, I was physically able to. But no attempt was made. Exactly. Okay, so that's, that's the clear distinction that we really want you to understand. That's the big difference between those two, is with one, the attempt was made. With the other one, the attempt, there was no attempt made at all. Heck yeah. Um, are you good with that one? Can I move on to querer? Think poder is clear. Let's do poder. Heck yeah. Um, so with querer, again, it's a very similar concept. Uh, querer, we all know and translate as to want, and there's other meanings also, to love, etc. But we're going to stick with to want for this example. Um, so if we said, quería, 
Athair Algon. You're talking about wanting. And how do desires come about in people's heads? They really don't. It's not like all of a sudden, from one moment to the very next moment, all of a sudden a desire pops in your head. I mean, sometimes that happens, but it's more often like thoughts and emotions and feelings are kind of swirling around it all in there kind of all together. You don't like have one moment you want something and the very next moment you don't. Versus if you say carrier in the, so that was the imperfect. But if you say carrier in the preterite, it's actually showing an attempt to try to do something, not just a general want. So if you say, quise comprar la casa, you are saying you actually attempted to buy the house. Versus you say, quería comprar la casa, you're just saying there was a general want to buy the house. So again, the, the difference between the preterite and the imperfect, the preterite is showing an actual action that happens, the attempt was made, versus with quería, that is not showing an attempt, it is just showing the state of, of wanting. Um, but yeah, so let's go to, can you hit up no care there? Is that, do you, uh, can you do that one? Just because I, I think it's similar to care there, but it shows the opposite, you know? What I have tried it down here is like, no quise decirte esto. Right? And then that's like you're getting ready to tell them something that you didn't want to. Or you could say, no quería decirte esto. And uh, in one, you would be telling the person that, well, I'll give, I'll, I'm gonna pause for a second and let you guys think about what the difference is there. No quería decirte esto. And then the other, no quise decirte esto. And really, the big difference is, one is like, I, in my mind, I didn't want to reveal this information mm -hmm. to you. My thought was to not share it. And then no quise was I tried not to. So I, I like took great pains to avoid it coming to this. Now I'm gonna tell you, but there was effort on my behalf to stop this from happening. And so you're also gonna hear another example probably here from Mike, which breaks down closer to something like refuse or not to not do. But when we use the lens that we were talking about earlier, you see things from an, an action that happened versus um, more so like the thought element. When you use the imperfect, then you can understand how uh, querer is to want, and then to not want something in the past, and for it to come to fruition like an action, then the focus would be on like not doing that Yeah, the thing. refusal, yeah, the, the, the not doing of it. And so the problem with the translation is you'll hear it be said as refuse. What I just said is like, I tried really hard not for this to happen. And now I'm going to tell you, no quise decirte esto. But, but yeah, if you want to add some more words onto that, because I feel like the explanation was, was decent, but I bet you got something else to say, right? Really, really, it was just coming down to, I think a lot of times people use this to say, refused to do something. If you say, no quise hacerlo, a lot of times it can be understood as the listener that the person did not do that thing. If you said, but if you say, no quería hacer algo, you don't know as the listener. You like know that they didn't want to do it, but you don't know actually what happened. Uh, but if you say, no quise, Perhaps there are some specific examples of, of yeah. situations in which it did happen, but a lot of times I think it's, I think at least many times it is 
to be understood that that thing did not happen. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Yeah. And put you on to see if you understand that if there's any difference. Yeah. So said um, no quise perder el autobús. Do you think that there's two ways to understand that? I just think, I don't think that quise could mean I didn't want to do it in a moment. Uh, so I don't think quería can ever mean I didn't want to do it in a moment. I think, I, I think quería, that's, I think that's the one that's always talking about wanting. So I think, so I refused. I think that one, the way that I would understand that without any other context, just hearing that one sentence is I would think that the person somehow flagged down the bus even though they were late and were going to miss it, that they somehow flagged the, the bus driver and got them to stop and then made that bus. That's the way I would think of it. Or do you, let me, let me ask you, do you, what's the other way that you would have that being interpreted? I, I'm lured into thinking that it could mean that you just, you're saying that you tried not to miss the bus. So like there was this no quise is meaning there was action on my behalf endeavoring to not miss the bus, but I haven't told you the outcome of if I made it or not. Like if I said no quería, I could just sit on my, like in front of the TV, flipping through channels and say, I mean, I didn't want to miss the bus, but I didn't, I didn't actually stand up and try either because it was just, it was just like a passing one or a thought. I definitely agree with that. He's, I definitely agree with that one. The Kerria could definitely be you on the couch saying, oh, I didn't want to. Um, what about the, the, the quise though? Yeah, so if you said no quise, you would mean like, I tried, but I didn't succeed in doing it. Yeah, but, I'm, I, I, but I feel like then from that, that we can infer that the person did not miss but the bus. The same as I refused to miss the bus. Right? Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. You can refuse to miss the bus and still miss it. Right? <laughs> you can just like give your damnedest and then not succeed. See, that's where I get a little bit confused on this one. That's, that's what I thought at first when I was learning Spanish. And I thought that someone sat me down and taught me one time, or at least that's the way I understood it. And I could be misunderstanding it. But that was, I, I came to what I thought was an understanding of the preterite with specifically with Carrer and saying no quise or saying no quiso as they chico, like they didn't want to. I thought that meant that the thing did not happen. That the thing that they were wanting, they said like no quise and then it did not happen at the end. That's, that's what I thought. But I, I mean, listen, I'm wrong about a lot of things. So totally possible that I misunderstand that. All right, man. Well, I think... <laughs> would be the best we can do with querer. Yeah. I'm ready to jump on to conoceros and saber. Okay, I think we I think we can hit those. Um, yeah, you wanna you wanna hit whichever one you want because you only did the no querer. You didn't. Uh, I did the 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 positive querer. Yeah, sure. That's uh, sweet. All right. Okay, guys. So this carries us on to the third verb. Um, I'm gonna go with saber. All right, so try to think about this. If you know something, but that knowing happens in an instant, and we're focused on the action of coming into this knowing or coming into this knowledge, 
you can see why we would have a, a difficulty with translating it because we wouldn't just use the verb to know. We would probably use to find out or discover or learn of something because, yeah, so like, I think the best way to do this is just two flat out examples. You can say, yo sé dónde está la biblioteca. Oh wait, no, 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 this is, that's present tense. Um, yo sabía dónde estaba la biblioteca. So that's the imperfect. I'm saying I had this general knowledge um, that I knew where the library was. Yeah, we don't know when you got that knowledge or when that knowledge left you. It's just you had that knowledge in the time frame you're talking about. Yeah. And then if I were to say, cuando supe donde estaba la biblioteca, fui a verla. Mm -hmm. Right? So this is the way that you would want to use saber in the past tense because it actually undergoes a change of meaning from the way that we see it, but not for a Spanish person because there's a definitive action that takes place in the past. And when you know something in an instant, it's like you learn it or you find out about it. So I, I would want to... Uh, refrain from doing those translations, right? But for the most part, it means to find out. Realize or find out. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool way to not always say darse cuenta, darse cuenta, darse cuenta. Mm. Because you, we talk about what we realize all day long. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with him, and then I realized that it was late, so I had to get running. Um, and you can use the predator of saber, which is, will kind of set you apart from other Eng English native speakers that are learning Spanish because we don't tend to, to use any of these preterite verbs just because there's other ways to say, to find out, or to realize. You can enterarse o darse cuenta. But if you can really hammer home these ones in the preterite and get them right, then I feel like you're assimilating Spanish into your diction really well. Absolutely. That's really, I feel like that's the difference between understanding Spanish and, and knowing what words to use to translate. If you understand Spanish, you understand as a fundamental difference to English, their verbs have more uses than our verbs. In English, there are way more words, the total number of words in English language than in the Spanish language. But their verbs are more useful in more different situations. It's because there is a marked distinction in between what a verb means in the preterite in the past in a way that doesn't happen in English. And again, that just I feel like these two verbs are almost the most straightforward in which, in which we would definitely give two different translations for the preterite versus the uh, versus the imperfect. But in Spanish, they're like, what are you talking about? That's the same one. That's the, the action happening versus the state of it being. Uh, a Spanish person really wouldn't understand, I don't think, exactly how we get so confused about this. But so I'm going to move on to conocer, which is, again, very similar. Uh, it means to be familiar with or to know in, you know, a familiar type of way. So if I say conocía uh, la ciudad de Madrid... Uh, cuando tenía 21 años o, o cuando era joven, like, you know, I, I was familiar with Madrid when I was younger, but if I say, conocí a Andrés hace 7, 8 años, I'm saying, I met Andrés, because if the state is to be familiar with, but all of a sudden you get familiar with something, you know, again, that's, that's the difference right there. To be versus to get. In, in English, we would say, to be, 
Uh, and then to get when that thing yeah. happens, but in Spanish they could say the same verb. Yeah. Can I you... was familiar with something and I got familiar with it. The guy is in the instant. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So uh, you could say, I got familiar with something. Or, you know, what's probably more common to say in English is, I met. If you're talking about a person, or if you want to say something like, una obra de arte, like a work of art or a city, then you could say, I became familiar with. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I feel like this is so important for people to understand. And I can't believe that it took me researching it um, this past week for my eyes to really open up to, to viewing it this way. But, but these Spanish verbs harness so much more power because they mean more things then our verb, we have to switch verbs to indicate what action is taking place in the past. And what you need to do as a learner is practice using these in imperfect and in preterite and trying to really look at them through the lens of Spanish and understanding that our preterite, there was an action that went on and this is the focus. And then the imperfect, as Mike said earlier, is kind of like the state or the condition of what was happening, right? So. Hope it's been of, of good use. Uh, we would love to see any examples that point out any follies or mistakes in our interpretation of the two differences. Hit us up in those comments. Um, the episode doesn't even need to be over yet. Mike, anything left to say, homie? No, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, this one was gonna be a pretty straightforward one. I feel like this is one that, again, it's got some intricacies, you know, when we're getting into, especially with no, no carrera was the one when we kind of really got into it. But for the most part, for the most part, this is one I feel like we explain the difference at first and then we give the couple of examples and that's, it's pretty straightforward. But very important to know though. No doubt. All right, so use but do not abuse those four beautiful verbs querer, conocer, saber, and poder alright, best of luck, giddies and giddettes and we'll be back at you a la próxima venga